Welcome to another edition of My Not Matters here on The Dakotan. I'm Jonathan Starr. Today I'm joined by Justin Anderson, the Executive Director of the Minot Area Council of the Arts. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. It's great to have you on the podcast. And so you've been there for about five years now. Five years. Just I'm just a little under six weeks shy of five years. Six yeah. weeks shy. That's that's awesome. What what made you what was the decision to go to the MACA? Oh geez, how much time do we have? It can be kind of a long story that led me on that path. So I, I graduated from Minot State University many years ago uh, with a degree in communication arts, which is okay. a degree that's not held over there wow. anymore. Uh, but my emphasis was both theater and speech. And okay. ultimate goal for me at that time was to be a, a professor. Okay. And so I went on to grad school. I have a master's degree in theater history, and I taught uh, around for mm-hmm. a while. So I went to grad school in Illinois. Okay. And after six years, my wife went to grad school in Indiana. A job brought us to Virginia. And so I was teaching at community colleges in all three of these states. Wow. And, you know, doing speech and theater and humanities mm-hmm. and all of all of those things. And as much as I enjoyed it, uh, so I, I really enjoyed being in the classroom and interacting with students and building right. a rapport with students and having a lot of that. I hated everything else. <laughs> I just, I didn't like anything else about teaching. Right. And so when we got the opportunity to come back to Minot, and it was my wife's job that brought us there, when we okay. got the opportunity to come back to Minot, I decided to leave teaching behind. Wow. And Big decision. Right. But I, I, I recognized where I was burnt out. I recognized right. where important. I needed that break mm-hmm. to know whether or not I wanted to continue on with this. Right. And it, it was probably the best decision I could have made wow. because I never looked back and said, oh, gee, yeah, why didn't I do that? And so I worked a, a variety of jobs. Um, okay. I was with UPS for a while. Yep. I was at the Minot Daily News for right. a while. That's yep. where I met you exactly. um, and, and Kim. Yes. Um, and I, I was kind of looking at, you know, jobs that were becoming available, trying to figure right. out you know, what, it, what do I want to do when I grow up? Exactly. Know, right? We've all been there. Right. And, you know, it's fun to do that when you are a married adult with two children <laughs> yeah. and you're right. like, well, Tons what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and I started to notice, a com- actually, my wife noticed okay. first a common theme in the things that I was showing the most interest in. Right. And that was somehow um, promoting or being an advocate for some form of organization that mattered to me. Right. That's big. And when she pointed that out, it was a light bulb moment for me. I thought, mm-hmm. well, good grief. I, I didn't notice. Like, <laughs> right, I yeah. had not yeah. noticed this. She noticed it. Right. And I said, well, okay, this this gives me some sort of line to pursue. Yeah. Um, I ended up uh, working at the Cirrus Valley Animal Shelter for a while, and that was my first step you into nonprofit work. Yep, I was a communications Very person good. there. Um, and I, mean, I don't think anybody who's listening or watching this uh, would be surprised. To, like, this was before the new building. This right. was, uh, there were a lot of strange things happening, yep. and... I, I I had to leave that 
that position right. um, because I saw, you know, a certain amount of writing on the wall with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, at about the time when I was recognizing those elements, the executive director position for wow. MACA opened up. Right. And that was almost a no-brainer because here it is, well, I've found this niche of nonprofit work or the idea of doing this sort of advocacy and promotion for something that I care about. Well, arts has been a part of my life always. Right. Well, I mean, and your degree, history, right? A different kind of degree right there. And so that opened up, and I said, well, okay, let's, let's do it. Let, let, let's give this a shot, and here yeah. we are five years later, um, and, and I'm still doing it. Right. Strangely enough, one thing that people probably would, or a lot of people are surprised when they hear, like I'm I'm in my late 40s now and I'm coming up on five years. This is the longest I've been in any one job. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Uh, I taught for six years, but it yeah. was across three states and right. three different community colleges. Yeah. Like that doesn't, that's not really. Right. So. It's One thing that's interesting, and we've it's a theme of people that we interview, is they leave Minot. And they end up somehow getting pulled back into the vortex yep. that is Minot. You mentioned it was your wife's job. Was it you guys trying to move back here, or it just happened that it worked out that way? It, it, so it was kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we left, we left Minot in 2001. Uh, when we left, it was an almost immediate recognition that someday we would be back. Wow. Uh, and there wasn't, there wasn't an immediate uh, need to find that way back. Right. Right. Understand at that. any really given point. Um, the last, the last place we ended up was South central Virginia. South that, that, that if you've ever been to South central Virginia, it's a different world. And <laughs> okay. it's like, it's, it's not, it's not something that we were, Quite ready. For, I'm yeah. a cold weather person. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I, it's a whole I, different were, part of the world. Yeah. But so, oh. so it was kind of, and it was, there it was kind of a fluke that we came across something and then another uh, kind of interesting yeah. sequence of, of, of events that led us to actually getting back. Neat. So five years ago, you, you, after searching around, you you found Minot Area of Council of Arts, and that was your place. Um, I was assuming that probably somewhere in that story, it was going to have to be a passion job, because I understand that there's probably a lot of funds. But if you don't have passion for this, then then it's going to be a one year and done. Nobody's nobody's doing nonprofit work for a lengthy amount of time <laughs> un, unless. It's something that is important to them. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how that works. <laughs> Very good. So what would you say the role of the Minot Area Council of Arts is in the community? Well, I, I generally break it down into three simple things. Uh, first of all, we're advocates for the arts and the arts community. Okay. Um, that's just a matter of making sure that we have the opportunity to speak to people and let them know and understand the importance of the role that arts plays within a city, within a community, um, both just in the level of vibrancy, but also in economic development, resiliency, uh, education. There are so many layers that uh, arts has an important role in that 
most people don't generally think of right off the bat. Like if, if I were to tell the average person on the street that a strong arts community makes a city more resilient when it comes to disasters, nobody's thinking of that right off no, the top of their head. Not. But it is time and time again, it has proven true that wow. the, uh, a, a community that has a strong foundation in the arts responds better to crisis. Wow. Um, not only better, but quicker. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, so that's one component. A second component, of course, is that we are there to support the arts community that Minot has. Right. And for a town of 50,000 people, Minot has an absolutely incredible arts community. Right. And it's a they huge do. one. And they do so many things, and there are so many offerings, and so many corners of Minot that mm -hmm. have things that right. people can go and do. So we try to be that central location for people to find out that information. Very neat. So that they can do that. So we try to promote the the second component becomes right. that promotion of all all right. the activity. And we over the last couple of years especially we're hearing uh, people from Bismarck, people from Fargo, okay. people from Grand Forks, those cities that yeah. Minot is generally modeling modeling or held lower than yep. in right. some respect. We have people from these cities who are um, absolutely astounded by our downtown and by our arts community. That's incredible. Um, they are compliment we've so many times in our our downtown activity on thursdays during the summer right we have people from bismarck who have said i wish bismarck was like this wow so what a community and i i love it because that's something like for my not to be able to hear that it feels like my not's been striving for that right for ever yeah, like yeah. we're we're the young we're the middle child that right. doesn't <laughs> Like just trying to get attention. Exactly. We're, we're starting to get that. And then the third element of what we do is our own programming. Okay. Uh, we do run concerts uh, all summer long. Right. Um, 2023 was our 38th year of running uh, summer concert series. Okay. Uh, only our third year downtown, but uh, we've been doing it in the parks for 38 years. Wow. So. You know, that's that's longevity there. So those are the basic three elements of yeah. what what we exist to do. Now, of course, in all three of those elements, there's a lot of stuff oh, wrapped I'm sure. into it. I probably the thing that people are most familiar with are the the arts in the park and right. and your downtown uh, things that you do on Thursday nights during the summer. Um, honestly, and you can shoot me afterwards for this. I have <laughs> looked down Main Street during the summer. I'm like, that looks like a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. I should get the family and go there. Yep. And I'm tired and I go home. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, but, but tell me about it. What, what's it like? Because it seems like it's a really neat, neat uh, venue that you guys have set up an environment. It is. So it it's something that took on a life in 2021. Like I said, we've been doing... Yep parks for for years and years and I, I i started looking at our park concerts and we'd have you know 200 people sitting happily in the park watching right. the city band or, or another performer on stage um and it'd be great you right. know there yep. are people there they're buying popcorn from me and okay. you know, they're they're doing their thing well when I started looking at it and, you know, North Dakota was doing their Main Street initiative and there's all this pull for downtowns right. and there's varying elements happening throughout the nation and North Dakota and Minot yep. um, that are, are leading towards different things. I started looking at it and saying, well, 
who's benefiting from this concert in the park? Who's yeah. benefiting from these 200 people sitting in the park? Obviously, I have a certain amount of benefit because it's my event. Right. Uh, my performers and artists have some benefit because they have an audience of 200 people. Yes. But beyond there, that, there's no real grand benefit. Right. So I started looking at it, and I thought, well, I'm never going to pull out of the park completely because we have, there's an established audience, and they would throw a fit. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I would have a riot on my yes. hands <laughs> if I took away all of the park concerts. But I thought, I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity to try something different work. Our, our office is on main street. I right. we get along with our neighbors. We love downtown yes. and we had an opportunity to do something for that. And I thought, well, if I take these 200 people out of the park, give them something to do downtown on main street. Right. Now I have 200 people that maybe aren't going to main street any other time. Exactly. Maybe they don't know how great art main Right. Budget, Main Street Books, Margie's, yep. uh, Gourmet Chef, yeah. any of those places. Maybe they aren't familiar with them. They don't right. know that they're there, what, what downtown has to offer. And a lot of the businesses do stay open late now on Thursday nights wow. during the summer Seems because we've got people. Yes. You know, and I've talked, I've had the conversation with Beth Chelson over at Art Main uh, every, every summer because it was a struggle for them at first because, of course, they, they're putting work into it now every week. They're right. extending their hours, which right. comes at a cost for business owners. Yes. Um, all those different elements, but they said, we can't not do it. Right. And they, each year, more... It's been more each year that they are seeing the benefits. Oh, they wow. are, and I think the best thing I heard after the first year was, she said, well, people aren't really buying very much on Thursday nights, but what is happening is they're coming back. Wow. People that she'd never seen in the store before popped in on a Thursday night. Now they know the store's there. Right. They became aware. Right. So they then came back and bought something. Right. You know, it, sometimes it was just, right away the next week. Wow. So that added something. You also said, and it's grown from there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You said that there was 200 people you're seeing in the park and basically relocate them to downtown on Thursday nights. But have you seen them relocated or have you also seen a new crowd oh, start coming in? it's a whole new in? crowd. Right. It's a whole new crowd. So our Thursday night, uh, we have live music, of course. Then we added other elements that we don't have in the park. We have arts and crafts vendors. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a variety of vendors every week that do it. The only requirement really is that it has to be handmade items. Okay. We're not taking MLM groups or right. like the Tastefully Simples or anything like that. It, it's handcrafted yeah. items. So we have arts and crafts vendors. Uh, the Putt District puts out bounce houses every week. Wow. And then we have food trucks. Yes. And Up Your Axe now brings uh, a mobile... Okay. Axe throwing unit as yeah. well. So we have a lot of different elements going on. Right. Uh, so families can come. There's something for everybody to yeah. enjoy and just really turn it into an event. What was surprising in 2021 is it didn't happen. It wasn't the 200 people from the park oh, no. came downtown. It was 200 new people okay. who came downtown. And that's big. Which was... Good and bad. Okay. There was that. There was that struggle where I tried to figure out. Okay, my park audience is staying in the park, right? And my downtown audience is staying downtown, right? And at each concert, I would say 
this coming Sunday in Oak Park, we would yeah. have this, or this coming Thursday downtown, we would have this. And they didn't cross over. Right. Finally, we had a concert in 2022 where some of my park people okay. came. Yes. And they kept coming back. Wow. Wow. Neat. So that that was a big element. Yeah there right. and so this year in 2023 we grew it a little bit more our our food truck game was a little bit better yeah. we just had a few few better elements and really smooth operation of the whole project this year and last year we averaged between 200 and 300 people each thursday night downtown wow. this year we averaged between 300 and 400 people wow. each gonna have to block a little more of main street next year I, I don't know if we're there yet, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, that that is the goal. In yeah. 2021, we started blocking off one block. Um, last year and this year, we moved it to two blocks. Wow. Um, Just keep going. I'd, I'd, someday we'll do three, but right. more people need to show up. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll have to do another podcast when summer is upon us to yeah. draw even more attention to it. Well, and the fun thing is it's free. Right. You're not you're not confined to a seat. You're not behind no. doors. Like the one thing that I talk about, especially with our summer concerts, is you you're you're not buying a ticket for a seat and you feel like you're stuck there. Right. You come in, you listen to a song. If it's not for you, go ahead. Right. Like you're you're not held there. You can leave. I want you to show up and right. give it a try. Exactly. I'm not gonna be hurt if you walk away if you don't like it. Right. Yeah. But this summer we did have we had a hip hop night this okay. summer, which nice. was the first hip hop night we'd had since uh, I think they did one in 2018 or 2017. Gotcha. Um, but we did a hip-hop night downtown. Um, okay. Two phenomenal performers, one from the Fargo area and one from the Minot area, okay. uh, performing for that evening. And what I absolutely loved, and I will never forget, is we had a couple tables of your typical little old white-haired ladies. Yeah sitting at these concerts and when i saw when i saw the tables i thought sure they're they'll listen to a couple songs because i've seen this happen yep. they'll listen to a couple songs eventually they'll gather up their items and they'll leave right nobody left wow they stayed for the entire per concert both performers even stuck through the break when we were switching over from one yep. band to the next and they had a blast that's awesome you could see that they were right. really enjoying themselves and i loved every minute of that yeah that's neat. That's that's when you know you're making the impact. Right. It keeps you keeps your passion going for the, what you're doing. You said you also work with area performers or people that are in the arts. What kind of relationship do you have? I mean, I saw you at the summer theater this year helping out with the root beer. I yeah. mean, you got to love the root beer uh, floats. Um, Western Plains Opera, the Minot Chamber Crowd. Those are a few off the top of the head. How do you guys work with the different arts things that are going on and and even performers that are wanting to? be part of the council of arts uh so a, a large portion of our of our work with organizations like that like you're mentioning is uh, we help them with promotion we have yeah. our our reach our social media reach has expanded considerably over the last especially over the last year i was right. able to get in a new staff person gotcha. um i was doing i for three and a half years i was alone in that office and i was able to bring somebody else in yeah um Shandell came in as an americorps member and she has been phenomenal awesome um and she has boosted our social media presence considerably right uh, we also have a regular contract with dakota outdoor advertising 
on their digital billboard space. And so our organizational members, because we are a member organization, right. nearly every arts organization in Minot is a member of MACA. And so our members get to utilize that billboard space. Okay. Um, and then we're, we're sharing out on social media. We have a monthly newsletter again, thanks to Chandel, okay. uh, that has really done very well. Um, since we got that started, we've been going just about uh, just over a year, I think with that, that monthly newsletter, and we've gotten tremendous response from that. Uh, so it's, it's that sort of extension beyond that. We do get regular calls from people, uh, particularly air from the air force base. Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody who comes into town, they're not really sure they're an artist. They do this, they do that. Right. And they come across my night area council, of the arts. And so they give us a call. Um, I'm always happy to sit down with them. Uh, we have had a couple really tremendous artists that then, you know, later became a, a significant element of of the art scene in Minot uh, and they'll come into the office and I'll say well we have all of this mm -hmm. uh, to show for for the city that we are and, right you know they'll they'll leave impressed yeah that sounds pretty cool so if you're interested in getting involved in the art scene in Minot then just yeah. reach out go, go to the website there's probably a contact form email something like that and I'm 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 around at a lot of yeah event. you are I mean I like See you Justin said everywhere I, yeah I, uh, I You're the Where's Waldo of Minot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes. Yeah. I, th I think I'm easier to pick out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're tall enough. I, I, I do things with Mouse River players. I'm often at the symphony. I, right. I, I'm around. Mouse yeah. River players. My, my daughter was in two of the shows this summer oh, at wow. MSU Summer Theater. Okay. I, my wife and I met at MSU Summer oh, Theater back in 1995. So it is a special place for yes. us. So we are always up there. That is neat. That is neat. Something else that the Minot Area Council of the Arts manages is the Carnegie Center downtown. Mm -hmm. This is actually a very fantastic venue. Uh, we, my now brother-in-law, held a uh, reception dinner, rehearsal dinner there uh, earlier this year, and it was a good time. And I think organization that I'm a part of, we're going to be uh, doing something there, uh, business thing during the week here at the end of September. Um, really neat venue. How did that come about? I mean, th there's a lot of work that's been done on that. That that's that's kind of an odd story as well. Um, it it came about kind of as a fluke. Okay. Um, it was a really odd set of circumstances, and it ended up flanking me because oh, no. it came from two different directions <laughs> at the same time. Um, I had gotten a call one day from a lady who I kind of knew. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I, I spoke to somebody at Visit Minot and they said, why don't you talk to Justin and okay. find out? I've been trying to reach somebody over at the Carnegie Center because I would like to serve on their board. I would like to be yeah. more involved. I love the building. And I said, you know what? I, I don't, I, I have no way to help you. I don't, right. I don't know anybody that, that works with the Carnegie Center. I don't, I'm not involved with it at all, mm -hmm. but I do get those phone calls right. periodically. You know, I, yeah. I, I will have people say, do you know how to get a hold of the Carnegie Center? I'm like, 
Google it and call that phone number. I <laughs> right. don't. I, I. I have no other means of helping you. And it sort of entered my mind. Well, that would be interesting. We don't have space, right? You know, we don't have a space for our stuff. We use the park, obviously, um, all the time. And you know, downtown and the Carnegie Center happened at the same time. So that was so our only venue really was the park. Everything else was just. It was on our own. We were doing concerts in the library periodically, um, things like that. And I thought, oh, this would be really interesting. Right. Well, right about the same time, it had been brought up at a department head meeting with the city okay. that people were struggling to get a hold of the Carnegie Center again. And that brought in the city manager saying, okay, I have heard this before. We really need to look into this. Yeah. What's going on at the Carnegie Center? We just did this work and this work. We right. really need this to be utilized. Yes. And it's it, my understanding, and I don't have any firsthand experience, but what I've heard is this has been kind of an on-again, off-again struggle for a while. And what ended up happening is they determined that there was uh, the lease, a 10-year lease was ending Okay, at the end of that summer. Perfect timing. And so the person who called me happened to also be working with one other person at the city and said, well, what if MACA took over? Yeah. Meanwhile, the city manager is saying, well, what if Justin did something okay. with this place? And it converged right. and attacked me from both fronts. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, okay, maybe we can yeah. do something. I'm a nonprofit. I'm governed by a board of directors. Right. And it was several months of conversations okay. with my board and the city manager came and visited the board uh, to talk about it as well. We even had a meeting in the Carnegie Center with the city manager yeah. to talk about things and just determine how it was going. We negotiated. We came up with a lease. Yep. And there we have it. Right. Um, it kind of amuses me the number of people that say that so much work has been done when it hasn't not okay. not significant work okay. we have put time and effort into the building and right. i think that's probably the biggest difference is yeah. that we have put that time and effort into the building um all the carpeted areas which is the stairs down yeah. the carpet got replaced okay and we have new tables and chairs and right. things like that otherwise significant work hadn't started okay I found out yesterday that they're going to start work on the floor oh. tomorrow. Oh. Uh, so, that can be problematic for you. And I found out just last week that the new window coverings have been okay. approved. And now those are ordered and That's ready exciting. to go. And so theoretically, assuming all goes well, right. by the end of September, we will have newly finished floors okay. that are actually level and yeah. gaps tightened yep. and holes filled right, yeah. and everything so, like that and all new window coverings throughout the whole building wow and i will have looked at the walls with new floor and window coverings and said okay that 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 paint really does need to be freshened right. up yep and so we're hoping that in october we're going to be able to say look at the fresh new look right on the, on the main floor of the carnegie center and that's that's, that's going to be fantastic right um Slowly but surely, things are happening. But the what the the one thing is that it, it is being utilized. Right, that's huge. And it 
really hadn't been utilized very mm-hmm. much at all for for a very long time and we are regularly um whether it's a meeting like what yep. you've got coming up we have uh you know wedding receptions we have full-on weddings we've had weddings anywhere from 150 people to 12 people in attendance uh we did learn that 150 people is probably too much for a wedding at the (laughs) carnegie center (laughs) and we're kind of looking at some of the i'm very i'm I'm very open and honest with anybody that comes in and looks at it i said okay if you have this many people and you're trying to do that this is probably not the space for you right Um, because also i have a staff of two including myself yeah and so there are two of us who have full-time jobs with the Minot Area Council of the Arts also doing stuff at the Carnegie Center. Right. So, you know, we don't have a maintenance crew or right. custodial staff or any of that. So all of these rentals, it's we're, we're putting time and effort yeah. into that. Over the summer, we had a third person do okay. working part-time over the summer, and she's she'll be done at the end of, the, or at the end of this week. So gotcha. we're back up. to two. and Yeah. Do you guys hold your own events there? Yes, we absolutely do. Uh, We started a year and a half ago. We started a program called Artists After Hours. Um, So I mentioned that we had been doing concerts in the library. Right. And we started that right before COVID. Kind of had to shut down with COVID. Kind of came back with it. It didn't really pick up pace. And it just became kind of a, a... I don't want to say hassle. Hassle's not the right word, but it was it was a lot of work, yeah. um, um, and it was it was a lot on the plates for the folks over at the Minot Public Library. Um, love them over there, so yep. like nothing against them. I completely understood, but we right. now had this venue, and I thought, well, let's try. We had started doing uh, one at the library, one at the Carnegie Center, and the Carnegie Center was a library, so yeah. we had our two different libraries that we were going with. Right. Um, I decided to try something new with this artist after hours. And it really became a matter of a combination social event and networking event. Mm-hmm. Uh, artists having the opportunity to work with each other, um, converse with each other, and then the public having the opportunity to meet some of our local artists and okay. do things like that. It was that intermingling and social atmosphere with a very casual element of networking involved that was really the meat behind where it started. And we've grown a little bit since that very first one. And the one thing that has been has remained consistent is we always start with a blank canvas. And the canvas is filled by the end of the night by any number of people who happen to have been there. Interesting. And some of them are professional artists. Some of them yeah. have never picked up a paintbrush before in their lives. Right. Uh, the mayor was at one of them, and yeah. he had it, somebody said, "You have to paint. You're sitting at this <laughs> table. You have to paint." He said, "No, no, no. no right. Never do it." <laughs> Finally, he picked up a brush and he had a blast. He okay. contributed to a, to a painting, and it's on the wall in the Carnegie Center, and his right. name's somewhere on the side of it. Yeah. Uh, and that that's been an element. So we have live music. We have I'm usually making popcorn, or we'll have something else going yep. on. This year we want to build it up just a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, our first one is September 16th, which okay. also coincides with MSU's homecoming. Okay. Uh, so we're not really doing anything terribly fancy, but right. we do have the North Dakota State Fair uh, 2023 Hometown Sound 
winner, Chris Baisden, performing. Okay. Uh, he always does a great job for us. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that. But in in October, we have two, actually, because one will coincide with our World Fest, and I can talk more about that later. And then we're going to do some Halloween stuff. I have a okay. youth advisory committee, uh, so a group of teens that I work with that plan their own events. So they're doing a... A youth Monster Mash on Friday the 20th, and then we're doing the Adult Monster Masquerade on Saturday the 21st. Ah. Uh, so that'll be a 21 and up. That'll yep. actually be a ticketed event. We'll gotcha. have live music and food. And Gotta have live music, right? All that sort of stuff. Um, then in November, we're going to give a shot to a good old-fashioned barn dance in the Carnegie okay. Center. And that I think that'll be a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, get people get people involved in that. So we, yeah. do, we do have things in the Carnegie Center, um, that's one element that kind of made it interesting for us to take over this lease was that right. we now have our own space that we can start to do some of our own things when we're not busy running around over that's the huge. summer. You know, we can start to do some of our own activities in, yeah. in this space, and it 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 has been great. We've we've really been able to utilize a lot of that, um, even if it's just a board meeting mm -hmm. um, or right. or my youth advisory committee coming together or anything like that. Yeah, it, uh, but it's a really all, versatile space, right? And for we, a lot of things, we also recognized an element, and this came about with World Fest. World Fest is a program okay. through Arts Midwest, which is a regional arts agency covering nine states. Wow. North Dakota is one of them. Yeah, uh, they have it's it's a three year cycle uh, uh, called World Fest, where they okay. bring in um, a cultural exchange international mm -hmm. performer for a week long residency. Uh, a couple years ago, Minot Area Council of the Arts was chosen as the North Dakota host for the current cycle. That's neat. So we've had two of them. We've we're just a year into the three year cycle now. So the first one was in October of 22. The second one was March of 23. And now we have one the first week of October okay. coming up as our third one. We'll have six total by the okay. time we're done. And one thing that we utilized the Carnegie Center for is we're right across the street from Central Campus. Right. And I know a few teachers over there. And it's really hard on schools to try to disrupt classes, put kids on buses, bring them to things. It, it, comes down to a variety of elements that make that difficult but i i know a few teachers over there and i sent a text to one of them i said if we had something in the carnegie center that coincided with a class period yeah. do you think you or any other teachers would be willing to just bring the students across the street right and she said yeah let's give it a shot and it worked wow fabulously yeah because we're not disrupting the school schedule. We're right. not using class or school resources at all. Right. They're crossing the street and they're getting the opportunity to interact with. Uh, the first group was from Ghana. The second okay. group was from Finland. This October, it's going to be an Inuit group from Alaska. Uh, they, it's top notch uh, quality entertainment to be in the first place. Right. But then they also. They're there to do cultural exchange. They're right. there to talk about where they come from and bring some of those elements to people right. that, yeah, okay, we've, we maybe have some connection to Finnish yeah. culture around here, uh, but the group that came in March, holy smokes, their music was incredible, just wow. absolutely mind-blowing and powerful. 
uh, the group from Ghana was able to get. I loved the these these uh, high school boys that came into the Carnegie Center with their hoods up and their hands in their pockets, and they're all surly and sitting yeah. in the back. Um, the group got them got everybody up on their feet and dancing. And by the end of the forty five minutes, even these surly guys that wanted nothing to do with it, they were having a blast. That's neat. Um, with with the Finnish group, we did one in the theater at Central Campus. And first couple rows, there were girls in the first couple rows with just tears streaming down their eyes during one of the songs because it was so powerful. Wow. They're singing in Finnish. Nobody yeah. knows what they're saying. It's just the power of music. But just the the vocals that they were yeah. including. And now this this Inuit group is coming. They have masks. It's a whole performative thing. Okay. It'll be amazing. So this new element and we're thinking about utilizing the Carnegie uh, trying to keep that sort of connection to the schools open Um, having whether it's an after school arts program or even during school Mm -hmm. activities that we can bring people over without costing the schools anything right like we can get stuff for these kids that won't have another opportunity for it outside yeah. of that. And it's going to be really good when it moves to a middle school as well because that is, that is an age group where kids lose some of those things. They're no Activity. longer necessarily involved in art or music right. or anything because during elementary, you kind of have to. And mm-hmm. then you go into middle school and sometimes people start dropping it or yeah. losing interest. Right. Makes sense. So this World Fest, how do... You said uh, Minot was selected for that. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Was that a competitive application process, or, or how did that happen? I got a call one day. Honestly, okay. that was, I got, I, I well, an email. I got an email yeah. one day from people at Arts Midwest saying, we we heard about uh, you okay. and what you've been doing for the organization from Kim, who's the executive director of the North Dakota Council on the Arts, the okay. state arts yep. agency. And we wanted to know, we're trying to figure out where we're going to bring World Fest next. Yeah. And we wanted to know if you'd been, be interested. Um, those conversations started in 2020, okay. I believe. It was, it was a long process. And right. they uh, had a meeting with me over Zoom. Um, they had a meeting with me just to talk about it. And then there was a meeting that included my board. Um, then they had me put together a stakeholder group with a variety of community people just to gauge community interest okay. in this sort of activity. It was it was a couple Sleepy. years wow. of process before we the for, before the first group actually arrived. Well, that's incredible that Minot stood out enough, and what you have going on in the yeah. Council of Arts stood out enough uh, on this. It sounds like uh, on the state level and the last five years has been regional. a process. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just from an outsider observing, it's it's come to the forefront is now something that you see in Minot, you know of a Minot yeah. um, and it's not in the background. And that's obviously coming from someone that doesn't even attend that Thursday night once, which anybody <laughs> should attend. It's, <laughs> right. it's like a great time. It's, it's a comment that I have for everybody. I was just talking about it with a group this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, Minot has a population of 50,000 people and most, most groups organization, whether it's arts or not, yeah. most groups and organizations recognize roughly two to 4,000 people that show up for things. And it makes a lot of us stop and think, what are the other 45, 46,000 people 
What are they doing? Right. And another thing is when it comes to arts, performance, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's bands, whether it's plays, whether whatever. Right. um, You hear a lot of the... We want bigger things in my not. Right. You know, you talk about the Husfest or the State Fair. You know, we want big acts. Yeah. Um, even outside of that, they want right. big acts throughout the year, not just for yeah. that week in July and that week in September. We want big. We want big. We want big. Big is not going to come until you start showing up for the things that already exist. Right. And we have so much that exists in my not. Yes, we do. That. A lot of it's free. The stuff that's not free is low cost. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories, and I've heard it several times now, uh, people coming from big areas, okay. California, Chicago, um, Northeast, yeah. uh, with access to big city right. and big city entertainment, are blown away by what Minot has wow. because it's accessible. Yeah. You talk to somebody who lives somewhere in an L.A. suburb and, oh, man, you must have all sorts of access to everything. No, it would take me an hour in the car to get somewhere, an exorbitant ticket fee if there are even tickets available, and then it's just a nightmare parking, going, and coming home. Here, I can drive 10 minutes, see something phenomenal. Yes, and then go home, right, and they evening. don't have to concern. They don't have to be concerned about all the rest of the stuff right. that's enveloped. We are so lucky in some of these groups. I had I had heard um, there was an executive for Hess, and I okay. don't I don't know his name, and yeah. I, I didn't speak to him. It was a, a secondhand storytelling. Right. But there was an executive from Hess that when he left Minot to go back to Nevada, I think okay. is where he was. He said, "When I retire, I'm coming to Minot." Wow. He said, because what I'm able to do in Minot yeah. goes way beyond what I'm able to do That's crazy. in any of these big cities. That's crazy. That right there stands out huge. Right. Yeah, Minot's making a difference. But it goes back to what you said. The people that are here locally have to value it. Yeah. If you can't value the, the guy that hasn't made it big but still does phenomenal music or, or whatever right. it is, then then it's tough to value the bigger acts too. It's tough to show that we would value the bigger acts. And we have a, a lot of our music uh, is is original music too. We don't just we have some people that do cover songs, and we okay. have some bands that are primarily cover bands. Uh, but most of it wow. is is original stuff. And I do hear well, I I don't recognize any of the songs that they do. There was a time when you had never heard Journey before either. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's, the way it works. it's hard to imagine that. Yeah. Because everybody's heard Journey. Right. Seven hundred times. Yeah. But there was a time when you didn't recognize that song. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. Try, try something new. Change your mindset Give with it. it. I even ha- I, I have an accordion group that plays, and I okay. always tell people, you may have you you may think that you know what accordions are, and you may be. More right. or less right, but if you've never heard four to eight accordions play together, okay, they're yep. playing polka, and you may not like polka music, but give it a shot because it's really kind of neat. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's the concept. Um, something you guys did is you worked with Strength and ND, I believe it was, uh, creating a strategic plan mm-hmm. from 2022 through 2024. Yep. Um, you're coming to the end of 2023, uh, nearing, well, just over the halfway point of the strategic pan- plan. Um, and so far, I was reading through it, looks like you guys have accomplished 
a good amount of it. It looks like it's going pretty decent. But I but, feel confident enough that you have read through it more recently than I have. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. But um, first off, I I just want to ask the question of where did that come from? Why do we feel like that that was necessary? And how do you feel like that has gone? So there's a combination of answers on the way why it's necessary. Uh, and the primary one is that if you have a nonprofit, you should have a strategic plan. Right. And that goes into um, there are grants that require okay. seeing a strategic yep. plan when you have an application. Um, and so for, for anybody who's watching or listening that doesn't really understand what a nonprofit is. Yeah. Let's break it down. Uh, first of all, I have a full-time job and I am paid. Right. Because right? I do a lot of, I work yep. hard year round for this organization, for the arts community. And that should not be discounted. Right. Uh, nonprofits have paid staff and they should. Mm-hmm. Some, some are all volunteer run and that's fantastic. But the one, there are nonprofits out there that are doing significant work and they cannot do that on a just running with volunteers. Right. Uh, nonprofits do get money because they have to because they're doing work that costs money. Right. So we, the only thing is that we can't be, we do sell things like popcorn and water. We have some, uh, a small degree of merchandise, but only a small percentage of our budget can come from okay. those sales. I see. Uh, the rest of it comes from donations. Yep. It comes from sponsorships and it comes from grants. We would not be able to operate and do the things that we do without those elements. Uh, so a strategic plan rolls into that. For right. some grants, you need it. For some um, reporting, you need to show that you have a strategic plan. Right. That That's the... That's the um, more technical aspect of why. The yeah. other aspect of why any nonprofit should have a strong strategic plan so that they are able to reference periodically where they are at in the process so that they know that where they're what they're doing and where they're going aligns with what staff and board members have come together to say, this is what we feel is important. Yeah. So we did... We've done a variety of things since we started in the process of kind of rebranding the Minot Area Council of the Arts. We have a new logo that right. we've had for a couple of years. We have the new strategic plan. Um, last fall, we adopted a new mission statement. Okay. Uh, really bringing together what it is that we do and what we what mm-hmm. we go for, and that. That was all done strategically Yeah, uh, moving into 2023 because 2023 is our 50th year of service okay. to the Minot community. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Um, I've, uh, not my 50th <laughs> yeah, year of right, service. Yep. Not, I've got a couple yeah. years left before right. yeah. <laughs> that. But, um, so it's our 50th year of service. And our new mission, um, uh, connecting artists, building community, fostering possibilities ties in everything that we do and it wraps into that strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Just just allowing us to recognize those areas that we feel are important and that we right. want to uh, strive to make those connections on. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of the focus was beyond... Uh, it was just sponsoring, creating opportunity for, for artists to get recognition. Yep. It seemed like that was probably a primary focus of the strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Some of the research that you guys did 
priorly, prior, uh, prior to the plan, they weren't as focused with resources as much as, hey, just create an environment where we can get noticed. Right. Um, how do you feel like that's gone? And do you, do you have any plans of continuing to develop that into 2024? Yes, we are. We're always we're always working on that aspect, trying right. to figure out how best to serve um, our artists and yeah. the arts community in Minot. Um, we've we've done very well. Mm-hmm. So, the Minot Area Council of the Arts has gone through a, a, a kind of a tumultuous history. Okay. Uh, we had an executive director that worked for about eighteen years. Uh, was the director for 18 years of the Minot Area Council of the Arts, and she left. She stayed on the board. She's still on the board. Awesome. Um, Terry's great, mm-hmm. uh, but she stepped down from her position as executive director. Yeah. And then we had a few years of a couple different executive directors who um, did what they could, but okay. Maca kind of went into a bit of a slump, bit yep. of a... Uh, this is the way it's been. We're getting into a rut. It just sort of mm-hmm. was. Right. Um, throughout a variety of things over the last uh, 10 years, there there have been elements of the arts community in Minot that were not engaging with the Minot Area Council of the Arts for one reason or another, and I'm not going to go into no. any of that. Um but when I came on board, I saw that, and one thing that I knew that needed to happen, once I started recognizing some of these things, I started having conversations. And I started, a, one, of the, one of the first ones I had was uh, Jasmine Schultz. Yes, you yes. know Jasmine. Um, <clears throat> fabulous human being right. and uh, credit to Minot. Uh, I sat down with Jasmine one day, and I said, okay, there are those that I would like to be able to bring into the fold of Mecca that aren't. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Right. We kind of had that conversation. It yeah. kind of led me to understand a few things and, and know, know where Mecca sat. Yeah. And so five years later, uh, we have grown our summer programming. We have built additional programming outside of the summer. Uh, we have had two opportunities to be grant makers and give grants to wow. artists and arts organizations. The last one we were able to do all over the state, um, not just in Minot. Uh, I am. I try to be open to conversations from artists when I'm available, when, mm-hmm. when I can yes. be able to talk to them and. Um, hope that they understand that we're yeah. we're we're there to serve them right. and we're in a a pattern right now of trying to figure out how membership in maca works gotcha um because as i said we have members right and we find our members are very important to us yes but are there different ways that we can go about doing this? Because mm-hmm. membership dues, while we have membership dues, they make up a very small portion of our budget. Right. Because first of all, if you're an individual artist, if you're a, yeah. a single artist, painter, sculptor, right, whatever, your annual membership dues, if you want to be a member of MACA, are a whopping six dollars a year. Wow. 
<laughs> brutal, <laughs> brutal, yeah. absolutely. And to what to what extent is that does that become important? Because right. yeah, we have a lot of individual artists who are paying us six dollars a year, and mm-hmm. we appreciate that, and it right. gives them some ownership in our organization. Right. But on the other hand just a formality at that point right it it is a formality at that point so we're we're examining different ways in which we can serve the arts community um we're we're trying to figure out some of those things i don't want to go into too much detail because we don't know where it's going yet but i anticipate um over the next year or two uh, Mm -hmm. membership in mac is going to be looking very very different right and it's all it's all in an effort to do better service exactly. for all the artists that right. exist in Minot. Yeah, that'll change the entire landscape there because yeah. you'll be able to serve them better, provide them better value to what's going on. And neat. that's exciting. We'll look forward to that. So we're coming to the end of this. We've covered a lot. I, <laughs> I'm not, I, I tend to be long-winded. Oh, you're, <laughs> you've been fantastic. You've been fantastic. It's been really interesting to learn more about what MACA does. Um and I'm excited. And next year, I'll make sure I I, I get you to have one to of get the some of those some Thursday of those nights. Concerts, yeah, right? we'll definitely get out there on Thursday nights. And it sounds like you also are going to have a lot of fun things over the winter too. Yeah. So excited! Well, this this summer was a big one. Nine and a half weeks, thirty one concerts, uh, sixty two hundred people in wow. attendance. Yeah, um, over the course, uh, it's it's a lot of work. We. Uh, second highest attendance in our 38 year history of doing summer concerts. Um, I was really hoping for the 50th that I would uh, break the record, but I was 140 people short. I'm sorry. (laughs) You could have been one of those. (laughs) Yes. Jonathan, you could have been one. Right. So that's exciting. Well, any, any parting words of wisdom or anything that you want to add as we uh, say goodbye? Show up. Show up. That that that's, that, big. that's one of my biggest messages, and I I say that in a I'm not necessarily saying you have to show up for what I do. Right. Show up for something that yes. somebody is doing. Right. Because there are most of it's free. If it's mm-hmm. not free, most of it's low cost. There are plays. There are gallery events there are artist receptions there are music performances all over the city of minot and i just found out this morning that one of our events in october is coinciding with another tremendous event okay and that really bummed me out <laughs> yeah but i have no other space in october that i could have done the event anyway because gotcha. there's other things yeah, going on exciting things yeah that Anybody who says there's nothing to do with Minot is not taking two seconds to go and look because right. there's so much. So show up. Yeah. That's my, my parting words. That's uh, that. Those are big ones. Oh, also, and I'm going to do this because I do have it. to. Uh, if, if you want to find out more about uh, creatives in rural communities, you can check out our podcast, the Minot okay. Arts Podcast, A Map to the Arts in Small Town America. Uh, you can find that almost anywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah. So we were talking cross link that podcast. Do thing. it. We were talking <laughs> a little bit beforehand, and it sounds pretty exciting. So yeah. I'll check that out myself. Every episode is an is a interview with a different local artist. Okay. Another way to highlight the artists. So very cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Justin. Absolutely. It's Thanks been a for pleasure. having me. Yes. And want to say thank you once again to our sponsor, Shock Safe and Lock. Thank you to our listeners for 
uh, watching or listening to another episode of My Not Matters here at The Decoded. Be sure to like and subscribe to The Decoded on Facebook and on YouTube. And stay tuned for some more exciting content we have coming your way. Thanks. Have a good day.